Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to NXT Revisited. This week, as always, Jason is here. And man, uh, we're going to talk some more tomorrow on the rundown proper, but god damn, if this didn't cap on just a completely blah week in professional wrestling. Yeah, that is... Right, right up until our main event. That was the only thing that saved the week for me. <laughs> very true, very true. Um, so, for me, um, this is Troy, by the way, I didn't introduce myself. Uh... <laughs> I'm not going to lie, I almost fell asleep watching this episode. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we're going to hop right into it, uh, because we we pretty much only have the main event to talk about, but we got other matches and shit before it. So uh, we started things off with Mia Yim versus Bianca Belair. Um, from, uh, so the build to this was pretty lackluster. We got kind of a little bit of sniping back and forth on, on Twitter between the two of them, and then essentially just the one video of their sort of trash talk at the PC. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a TV match. Yeah. It had a TV built. Eh. Yeah, yeah, which is, is fine. Um, during this match, <laughs> we, <clears throat> we continue to see that these two really aren't that, like, pissy at each other, because they... Proceeded to have a moment during the match where they they continued to do the same move to each other at the same time, and then both kind of like oh nice job, nice job, good job, good job, good job. <laughs> Which was well, yeah, but I think that was more of a trash talking thing too. And then at yeah. that point, uh, Mia went to give her dap and fucking got kicked right in the gut for it. So it was just part of the device. The one thing I did notice, and I took a specific note of this, and I don't know what your take is. It felt like when Bianca Belair came out she felt like less of a big deal to this crowd than she's been in the past. Like, I thought the reaction was less. I thought the energy was less. Uh, and I wonder if those two consecutive losses to Shayna took some of the steam out from under her sort of build. It's it's so difficult to say, considering that this is the the last hour of the tapings. It's a fair point, know, too. And, and you're not quite sure in it. I know for sure during this match, the crowd didn't really seem into either of them, really. Um, there was a little bit of, of Mia love, um, but but yeah. Um, Although we did get a dueling chant right off the top. Well, of course we did. It's because it's NXT. <laughs> they love themselves. Um, to me, you know, Bianca has has all the tools necessary. She just has a shit character. And if if she could alter her character to this point now and, and evolve the character, I think she could go farther. But she's still doing the same thing even though like there there have been events that should change her character you know and you was, mean she should no longer say she is on yeah the fee said 
I did enjoy that when she did say feet. That was when Mia Yim kicked her in the face. Yes. <laughs> uh, so that, that was a decent thing. Uh, we've talked about it before with Bianca. That gigantic fucking hair braid of hers gets in the way more than it actually assists her during the match. Well, and it just feels like it's sort of a crutch for the character at this yeah. point. Like, I... She doesn't use the hair whip that often, and as I say that, obviously we'll talk about later how the match ended. But um, it just sort of feels like it's it was that thing, and it sort of made her stand out right off the bat. Yeah. But now she's sort of established, and I sort of feel like now it's just like, like to your point, in the way. Yeah. Um, Mia, to me, um, for most of this match, seemed really timid. Um, it seemed like some of her shots were a little bit more measured and and a little bit slower. I'm not sure if it was just because they haven't really been in the ring much together or what, but it, it it seemed like Bianca was going full bore, and Mia was kind of holding back a little bit. See, it's interesting, because I have almost the exact opposite note here, because I said it feels like a lot of Bianca's opponents have to stop and wait for her to get into the right spots and right positions. And maybe that's what it is. Maybe, maybe, and given the yeah. two of them, obviously Mia's got a fuck ton more experience than yeah. Bianca, so I would tend to assume that Mia is is in the right places and be waiting for Bianca, but I definitely got that, and it's not the first time I've gotten that vibe with Bianca either. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So just just kind of a same same general idea, just different reasoning, I guess, behind it in, in yeah. cases. Um, the, there the, was go ahead. sorry, there was one spot in this match I really love where Bianca got Mia up for a reverse power bomb, which is to say threw her over her face, mm-hmm. and she fell and hit the turnbuckle. And I'm thinking to myself, if you want to pick up Mia and drive her face in the turnbuckle, there are a lot easier ways to do it than to go to a reverse power bomb. Yeah. <laughs> Very much so. Um, so the 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 thing that kind of bothers me a little bit, you know, so NXT has always been really good about um, referencing the fact that a lot of these people have worked elsewhere before. Um, they do it in this match. They, they discuss the fact that Mia Yim, you know, has, has worked elsewhere, has... has they, they flat out say she's more experienced. So why is it an upset if she wins? Which is because what in the NXT says. world, Bianca's accomplished more in NXT than Mia has. Okay, but that that would be like if them saying that Kushida beating Kashisono was an upset. Has Kashisono accomplished anything in NXT? Has Bianca? She's gotten two takeovers for championship matches. And Cashizono has had championship opportunities. When? Cashizono's gone for a championship, hasn't he? I believe so. I think he's his first thing was he came in when uh, who was it? Was it Rude had the belt? I think it was Rude no Atami at that point. I want to say, but uh, that was the second yeah. time around. I think there was a non-title match at that point, and that was it. Oh, yeah. you talking about during his first run? Maybe his first during his run, first, yeah. Run. yeah. Yeah, his first Maybe one definitely has had a title shot before. Yeah. Um, but, well, his first run, did they even have the title yet in his first run? <laughs> they had the title from the get-go, yeah, from the, from the, from the drop of the hat. Um, but uh, to me, like I said, I mean, if you're if you're going to put over Miriam being the more experienced person, then it's not really an upset if she beats somebody who's hasn't been wrestling for a long time, unless they are a former champion at this point, which Bianca is not. 
Well, so. they also threw around the phrase upset quite a bit in this episode, so mm, yeah, well. we'll get to that <laughs> in, in a moment. Um, there was a cool spot where they uh, uh, Mia went in, grabbed her for a guillotine choke, was holding her up, and uh, Bianca reversed it into a suplex, like almost a deadlift suplex. That was yeah. a nice show for her. Mm. Uh, Bianca spent a lot of time with a cravat here. Oh, uh the end, of course, came. I don't know if you wanted to recap the ending. Yeah, I'll go ahead and say it. Um, so Bianca attempts first to you to just hold on to the ropes and pin Mia, which the ref correctly is like, get your fucking hands off the rope, dude. Uh, <laughs> Mia winds up rolling her up, only gets a two, and then Bianca rolls her back over and then wraps her her nasty-ass fucking hair around the ring ropes and uses that as leverage, which, again, wouldn't that fucking hurt? If you're using that as leverage, probably you ain't gonna tie your fucking hair out of your head like that. Probably all other extensions, I think. So, yeah, yeah I'm surprised they hold up. Uh, but yeah, so Bianca's able to get the win. Immediately runs outside. Uh, Mia then plays with her own hair in the ring, yelling. <laughs> I thought it was a creative spot. At least, like it, yeah. we, we've seen the hair whip, and obviously you can't really disqualify her for it because it's not. A foreign object. Right. So, although the interesting thing to me is that they say, well, you can't disqualify her for using the hair whip because it's part of her body. It's not a foreign object. Well, then she's using part of her body to hook the ropes during a pinfall. How yeah. is that any less illegal? Well, and and that was the thing. It was it was illegal. It just that the ref didn't catch it. So it looked like he was looking right at it. I don't she, know. She. That is a female ref. She. Sorry. 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 Uh, the way that Mia was reacting to me made it seem like the story was supposed to be that the ref didn't see it. Although, to your point, the ref did just catch her before holding onto the ropes, and immediately after, she did the exact same thing. So, uh, right. And to me, the the story was she didn't. She caught her with the hands on the ropes and yeah. made her break it. So then she went, "Fuck it, I'll use the hair." Yeah. Because you can't disqualify me for that or break it up. Yeah, I've seen. Yeah. You know, it's always such a gray area with that shit with her, so... Yeah. But, yeah. In any event, she remains undefeated. Against people without championship belts. <laughs> uh, so then we go to a disturbing video, as Mara calls it, <laughs> of the War Raiders uh, finishing up. And I, I give them a lot of credit for this. Using, it, using a security cam footage was a nice way to yet again give us a, a different look to things. Right. Uh, but the War Raiders on their way out before Jackson Riker tries to run them over, because uh, he did it for The Rock. Uh, but then the other two members of Forgotten Sons jumping up behind him, one of which threw a fucking trash can at <laughs> one of the two of them. Um, and then they beat the hell out of them to kind of progress a feud that is non-existent. So... I. Uh- I my only thing here is I wish they we hadn't seen Forgotten Sons and it was just the War Raiders fucking laid out and then they cut to Johnny Gargano like I wasn't even fucking there like don't even look at me I, like, I got my belt now I'm good like yeah. I, I, I I don't do that anymore he's like like at a fucking like Starbucks in yeah. in Ohio and he's like I'm not even in in the, in the <laughs> state man what <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah, the, the, the jumped in the back thing is sort of a trope they go to a lot in NXT, though. Oh, God, yeah. Like I said, I gave them, I gave them credit for, for doing something different with using yeah. the... Didn't they do the security camera footage on an Enzo and Cass um, 
Oh God, who was it? Dash and Dawson? Oh, dude, maybe I don't know. <laughs> I know they did it with Enzo and Cass at one point. I forget okay. who it was that jumped them, but fair enough. Uh, so then we go from that to somebody else getting jumped from behind. Uh, because so oh my this, God, yeah, this one was weird because I guess. <laughs> Just uh, set up the camera. <laughs> yeah, the, let's go to this week's brawl breaks out at performance center segment. Yeah, but this wasn't like this wasn't like the YouTube camera crew doing it. It was Jessamyn Duke set up a camera. Well, they said it was a sparring session, so yeah. that sort of makes sense. That fits the bill. A lot of people tape their sparring section okay. sessions to review them later. All right. It just was weird that they wouldn't have edited out her like do, being weird to the camera. I don't even catch what she said, but. <laughs> She's just like, da, 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 da. all right, I got it. The red lights on. So yeah, so uh, Duke and Shafir do a little bit of grappling, and then Io Shirai comes out of nowhere, blasts Shayna from behind, and then all hell fucking breaks loose. Uh, we get a screaming Asian, and then we get three people beating the hell out of her, and this yeah. was dumb for Io. Yeah, Io <laughs> attacks her from behind because she's a face. Yep. But then proceeds to not run and then away. Jumps three people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It was, it was not not well done. Right. Yeah. And boy. Yeah. Not not a great build to this one so far. Uh, but we got a while. We got another like fucking well month because the next pay per view is in June. Uh, so we go from that to a good old fashioned who gives a shit matchup. <laughs> Is Raul Mendoza takes on Riddick Moss. Raul with a really strange look, wearing like this leather hat and jacket thing. He sort of looked like some an extra out of a kid and play video from the nineties or something. Like I don't know what was going on there. So he's got he's got hip hop music, and then he he does not look like he is a hip hop fan. <laughs> What does a hip hop fan look like, Troy? I, I don't know, man. Not Are you good. venturing into Lars Sullivan territory here, sir? I'm a hip hop fan, and I guess I don't <laughs> look like it. But if if it's your your, I mean, like AJ Styles has hip hop music as as his thing too. So I guess I shouldn't say too much. But yeah. uh, I don't know. Like to me, I would, like uh, all right. Raul will be great. The, on the look definitely didn't fit him. I yeah. think we can agree on that. Yeah, he'll. He'll be good on two five live. Uh, I hope that they build some kind of character for him because I didn't I didn't get any character out of him of what he actually was. I didn't get any character really out of either one of them. And oh I no 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 no! We fully understand what Rudrick Moss's character is. He is a douchebag. <laughs> He's a fucking meathead. But I mean, it's let not me really you. a character. So, I mean. so let me tell you: there, if there is one gimmick that always gets over, it's fitness instructor. Just ask Simon Dean. Uh, Riddick Moss has the Riddick Regiment. It works for Sonny. Yeah, but she had tits. And yeah. was, was banging everybody. Uh, plus, plus, she farted. Uh, yeah, so Riddick Moss has the Riddick Regiment now. You still owe us part three on that one, buddy. I, I re-downloaded it. It's, it's coming. Uh, I, <laughs> I won't be. So to speak. Yeah, I won't be. Uh, he... He has a water bottle that he clearly got off of, like, uh, fucking uh, Vistaprint or something like that. Etsy or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, and also has, I guess, is like a muscle. I, I don't know. I don't even know the fucking term for it because I'm not, I don't, I don't work out ever. What, uh, is, 
What are you referring to? The little fucking thing that he uses to like on his muscles later on in the match. It's a little gun thing or whatever like that. I didn't catch it apparently. He used it three times. How did you not catch that he had the stupid fucking thing? They, they I, saw, I saw him drinking out of the water bottle thing. No, the, he has he has something that's like to work out the kinks of his muscle or whatever like that. Oh, the foam a foam roll or something? No, it's like it looks like a gun, and he like puts it to his titty. And I have no idea. They showed it when he entered the ring. It was sitting on the fucking steps, and then he uses it a couple times in the match. I clearly anyway, missed it. This is stupid. Um, it felt like a bad main roster match is what oh it really felt like God. it didn't feel like an NXT match yeah, and so, uh, I have that Mendoza's working circles around Moss but Moss will most likely win cause muscles so <laughs> that was my early reaction as this thing went on that's that's, um, a, that's a good first reaction and my reaction too was just like we're really gonna fucking start putting over Riddick Moss like why hasn't this guy been released one <laughs> Because <laughs> there was there was one spot where Moss had him press slammed and turned it into a spine buster, and I actually did like that spot. Mm-hmm. This sort of Goldbergish, yeah, um, looked like something straight out of the Big Big Bill's uh, playbook there. Yeah, um, yeah, Mendoza is is a great uh, a great two or five live guy. He's a great luchador. He's a great cruiserweight. You know, he's got that style to him. Uh, it, it it wound up playing pretty decently against Moss just because of yeah. the whole quickness versus the strength thing but the problem was I didn't give a fuck about either of these two guys so right yeah and, and I understand there was no character development for either one or any reason for anybody to be compelled or interested right and like we've seen Mendoza before and the whole like him trying to get his win loss record above the Mendoza line I didn't get it and it's <laughs> I don't know I, I I remember those couple times they had uh, Mendoza and Humberto Carrillo as a tag team. I thought they did really well as a tag team. I would have liked to see them run with that. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we 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 know where Mendoza is going to end up. <laughs> it's no it's no surprise. You're assuming two hundred five won't be canceled by then. I mean, oh, that's always possible. But um, fuck, is Jeff going to do then? There's always WCW Thunder. Uh, <laughs> Which that's we, what we need which, another early 90s recap show we don't have enough of those on the fucking network which we got uh, we got a promo for that during this too that WCW Thunder was on the network which I thought was interesting to say the least um, yeah yeah. so this was the match that I almost fell asleep in because it's just Jesus Christ I get what you're trying to do you, you have to establish new guys and stuff like that but do it for guys that people are actually going to care about or that you plan on using because this would have been a thousand times better if instead of Riddick Moss Budenhagen exactly <laughs> everything is better with Budenhagen that's right uh, although although people from that particular region of the country are not top of my list right at this exact moment but you know hey you know <laughs> it happens uh, so I think Bugenhagen would go a long way to softening that blow for me, though. That's true. Uh, so, yeah, um, the match ends with Raul Mondoza getting the win. and he Corkscrew splash, springboard corkscrew splash, which I don't remember ever seeing before. It was kind of cool, but it, it was, was it, out of nowhere. It was yeah, it was, it, it was very, very cool. I, it, it got me to actually be like, oh, cool. That, uh, was, about, that was about my reaction to the match. <laughs> But uh, but to my point earlier, where it was like Mendoza was working circles around him, and he'd probably win because he had muscles. That's the NXT difference. The guy who was the better worker got the win. 
Yeah, they actually use Moss's kind of enhancement talent, which... Yeah, it wasn't like, oh, this guy's big and jacked and is a mediocre worker, but we're going to put him over because he's big and jacked. I mean, that to me is NXT and sort of what makes it a different. Yeah, very much so. Um, but that takes us after uh, a recap of what happens uh, a couple weeks or last week and, uh, and a Kushida hype promo. Then takes us to our main event, where the King of Bros, Matt Riddle, takes on Adam Colbebe. And so, on paper, I don't know if you had the same feeling that I did, but on paper, I was like, I'm like, I'm sure this will be a fine match, but mm-hmm. I'm not expecting a fucking tear the house down match. No, because it's not a takeover, right. and you know they they sort of hold back a little bit on these TV things, and they've got the whole thing with Roddy going, so you sort of figured some kind of fuck finish, and mm-hmm. you know, yeah. So what we got instead was an excellent fucking match. <laughs> it was. It, I will say this: it was a little bit of a slow start, mm-hmm. um, but once they got going, it turned into a real banger. Holy cow! So just some of the of the spots in this match. Um, gosh, my brain is fried. I'm trying to remember now. So there was there was an awesome moment where uh, Riddle sells a kick from uh, from Adam Cole by falling into the ropes and then grabbing him, German suplexing him, and letting go, and then reacting to it. Yeah. I thought that was fuck. I'm like, oh. I am instantly jacked for this match, not just uh, on the on the back of that. Um, well, the gut wrench, three amigos. Oh that was man. yeah, like the power on display for real at that point. Holy shit, man! Like, yeah, you just he hits he hits a, a gut wrench, three amigos, and then later winds up hitting fucking a, a three suplexes again without letting go, and you're just like, Jesus Christ, man! Yeah. <laughs> And Riddle was blown the fuck up in this match. Like, he was... I have never seen him like that before. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, clearly, his cardio is being tested here. So, I mean, we could, like, legit go through the tremendous, tremendous moves in this match all night. What was your favorite spot of the match, though? My favorite spot of the match was the reversal that Cole did, where he winds up in fucking midair kicking fucking riddle and riddle just lands and then the fucking face he makes where his eyes are just wide <laughs> so i don't know if that, I, I don't know if we're talking about the same spot because there was a spot and, and my spot of the match sort of similar i don't know if there were two spots where they got the really good facial on riddle so i don't know mm-hmm. if you're talking about a different one than i am but there was a spot where cole was up for like a, for the gts and when Riddle went to throw him up, he hopped off the back and in midair turned it into a backcracker. That's yep, that's that's what it was. Yeah, okay. Backcracker, yep. Okay. Yeah. You said I kicked him in the back. I was like, I yeah, I'm, I'm in, I'm in backcracker. Spot, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. No, 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 yeah. The, so, all fucking credit to Monster Factory, the guys who trained Matt Riddle, yeah. because yeah. his selling is so fucking spot on for a guy I, who's who's only been wrestling for four years. Um, the f- it's nice to see you come aboard to the world of appreciating Matt Riddle. Yeah, it took me a little bit, and probably shouldn't have, but you know, uh, he, he, every match that I see him in now, it just sells me on him more and more. Yeah, you know, the character was already there. I I love the yeah. character because he's so fucking high. Uh, but 
but the the in ring work and the, so another thing you know I've, I've mentioned it before in this show. There's a thing that that some people do that that some workers do, and far too many in my opinion, where you if you if you watch their faces during pin attempts, you know if it's the end of the match or not, yeah. because they tend to look at the ref, and once it gets close to two, kick out. Riddle doesn't do that. Like Riddle gets pinned and he looks fucking like concussed and yeah. you're like oh my god like this he's just staring off in the fucking space like that's this is the end and then he kicks out and you're like holy fuck dude that's yeah. see that's sort of a staple of nxt though because gargano looks concussed on every oh, bump god, he yeah. takes yeah so i sort of wonder if that's just a pc thing and that's just sort of the facials that they're teaching them to do down there i don't know it's, it'd be interesting i'm 100 um, okay with that though <laughs> yeah no that's fine yeah. uh there was a super kick reversed into an ankle lock that was a pretty sweet oh, spot yeah. Um, but we get to the closing of the match. Just an amazing, amazing series of reversals back Jesus and forth. Right, dude. Which eventually ends with Cole hitting the last shot on Riddle, and it looked like that's the fucking thing. It's mm-hmm. over now. Riddle kicks out, and again, the facial on Riddle, the facial on Cole. Fucking amazing moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've got... Yeah, there was a couple different moments here. I mean, Riddle... Being fucking shocked that Adam Cole kicks out out of the, yeah. of move, and then Cole being just pissed that that uh, Riddle kicks out, and we talked about the facial expression off of the reversal. Um, yeah, the this whole thing, like, I mean, if this doesn't doesn't sell you on both of these guys, I mean, you're I don't know why yeah. you're watching wrestling because for a TV match. This was tremendous. For a takeover match, I would say this was a good match, you know? Yeah, exactly. And that's um, that's saying something. Okay. Um, so, of course, the end of this one comes. Um, basically, Cole uh, goes to the outside. Uh, Riddle goes for the penalty kick as Roddy is trying to help Cole up. Cole basically ducks, letting Roddy take the shot for him. Roddy does take the shot. Cole back into the ring. Riddle flips over the top rope, eats a super kick as he re-enters the ring, which is a great spot as well. Uh, Cole goes in for the pinfall. Riddle reverses the pinfall into the bro mission, and Matt Riddle gets the victory by submission, by tap out to Adam Cole. Um, I, I, I admit, I was a little surprised that they had Cole, knowing that we know where Cole is going for TakeOver, a little surprised they had him cleanly tap out on on the NXT program, even though I know they want to build Riddle, but as far as we know, there's really nothing planned for Riddle at the moment. Right, you know, and, and we've kind of talked about it before, where you have other members of UE that are doing nothing, and yeah. you could easily build things and continue, you know, uh, the storyline of, like, you know, UE's problems by using other members, you know? I mean, when was the last time we actually saw... Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish in the ring, <laughs> you know. So right, yeah. You know, you could have had either, you could use either one of them to feed to to Riddle at this point. But I mean, obviously, you probably weren't going to get as good of a match um, as you got here. But yeah. So I guess um, my big question out of this one is: Are we seeing one of these two guys, Roddy Strong or, or Adam Colbebe, turning face and getting kicked out of Undisputed Era? Is that where I, we're heading with this? 
I doubt. I certainly hope not, because I think they're so much better as a unit, and I don't know. I mean, Cole could stand on his own, but I don't know that UE would be as big a deal without Cole involved. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we. I think we've seen Roddy is better off as part of this group. Um, for me, what I think, and again, I don't want to get too spoilery, but I think this is all part of a ruse that will culminate at the next takeover. Okay. Now tell me when uh, when the the bro mission was locked in. Did you happen to see? the visible outline of Adam Cole's dick. I did not. It was right there. Go back and watch it. <laughs> I will go ahead and not do that. Yeah, so. <laughs> I just were, were, you, were you impressed? Or? Yeah, it was decent looking. Okay, so Britt Baker's being taken care of. Good, yeah, good, yeah. good thing to know. Well, you know, a, a big dick doesn't mean orgasms all the time. You know, you hmm. got you to have some talent. But I feel like Adam certainly Cole doesn't hurt. Her. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I feel like he's a giver. So Panama City Playboy, you know? That's right, man. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, um, and I'm, I guess because this is uh, an NXT centric show, we can break the news that we just got that uh, our favorite NXT announcer, Mauro Ranallo, has signed a new deal with the company and will be sticking around for a while. And I, for one, am glad because he has definitely become the soundtrack of NXT for me. Yeah, and I think I mean obviously if if he we weren't sure what his future was going to hold. Um, you know, his the issues that he had with JBL, um, him getting removed from SmackDown. I, I wasn't sure if this was just him kind of filling out his contract, or then once it was done, he'd be out. But no, he apparently was, was happy enough with being on NXT that he resigned. Well, and, and he recently tweeted something to the extent of it was the worst year of his life in terms of his mental issues. Yeah. Um, so it's good to see that he's he's in a good enough place to feel like he can continue and, and carry on. So good on him. And we are, I think I speak for most NXT fans when I say we're happy to have him back. Yeah. I think, um, the, the atmosphere in NXT, the, the camaraderie in NXT obviously goes a long way to helping issues like that. You know, yeah. uh, he has a lot of support down there. He's got, he doesn't have somebody in his ear. He can just be himself. Um, which would be awesome if we got that on the main roster, but that's not going to happen until somebody dies. So um, while we're hoping for that, you know, <laughs> um, we can at least more on take, that tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, we can at least take solace in the fact that NXT appears to continue to be in good hands. Um, now, who the people who are going to be next to that gentleman? We're not a hundred percent sure that both of these gentlemen will be continuing in those roles. <laughs> But more on that, that next week. Next, As next week, we, uh, we get into the first stuff from the most recent round of tapings, and we're going to start to really set up the next NXT TakeOver, which was announced. We talked about it last week. We didn't sure what they were going to do as far as TakeOver. It is going to be June 1st from Bridgeport, Connecticut. It is going to be, because TakeOver Connecticut doesn't have the same gravitas, TakeOver Bridgeport doesn't sound great. So it is going to be TakeOver 25 on June 1st, Saturday night, not attached to a WWE pay-per-view, so I'll be interested to see how this one does. Yeah, yeah. Finally, people can, you know, it's going to be a little sad for a lot of the people on Reddit and stuff like that who can't sit there and make jokes about, your move, WWE, after the takeover is done. So <laughs> we'll we'll see what what they do to uh, entertain themselves now that they can't throw something head to head up on it. Uh, it's great for us because that means that um, 
if we wanted to, we could do the predictions on the main show, and we don't have to quickly fly through the shit. Right. Because <laughs> we're not predicting two different fucking pay-per-views in a weekend. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, but we'll we'll see how we decide to handle that um, in a month. Um, but I can tell you, if you're listening to this right now, it is your last opportunity to decide who is going to the final of the hottest female talent tournament. That's right, voting is still going on until 3 p.m. Central Time on Thursday. And then tomorrow on the Rundown Proper, we will announce the two beautiful ladies that are going head-to-head for one week's of voting, one week's worth of voting, to, to crown the Rundown Champion of the Hottest Woman currently in WWE. And unless you've been under a rock and you've been missing it, our matchups in this final Fantastic Four are Miss Liv Morgan versus Peyton Royce. Absolute knockdown drag out there. And then we have the goddess, Alexa Bliss, taking on probably the biggest upset to be in the final four, Paige. So we'll see how that turns out tomorrow night. I'm excited. That's right. Go to rundownwrestling.com. Cast your vote, and while you're there, check out all of the other amazing shows that we have to offer for you. Uh, make sure to check out Adam filling in yet again for Jeff on Hurry Up and Cruiserweight. Uh, I, I think you should have just said Adam filling in Jeff. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Who says no? Nobody. <laughs> uh, so with that, I guess we will. I guess that means we will NXT you next week. Bye-bye.